Hello and thank you for listening to episode 97 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave and this is another one of our Soundcheck interview shows and in this one I get to chat with the great Adrian Vandenberg ahead of the release of the second Moon Kings album. So before we get into that chat I'm going to play a track from the first Moon Kings album. So once again you know what you've got to do, you've got to turn those speakers up because you're going to listen to Good Thing.
Yes, it's Adrian. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? I'm Dave. Really good. Um, did you call a little bit earlier? Yeah, I did. I got your answer phone. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I was still in another interview. It's been... Um, I've been yapping away since uh, seven this evening. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's right. You know, I must have done about, I think, about 50 or 60 interviews by now. But, um, you know, I'm so I'm so enthusiastic and, and motivated about my music and about the record. I don't care, you know. <laughs> it's, just, um, it's just great that, um, you know, people um, are um, so positive about it. So that gives you... Enough energy to keep yapping until I drop, I suppose. <laughs> have you got Have you got any more planned for this evening, or am I the last one? Yeah, you're the last one, yeah. And then I'm going to uh, do some practicing, because we start rehearsals uh, the day after tomorrow, and I didn't even have the time yet to um, to start learning the songs again, you know, because <laughs> it's been a while when, um, when we play them. <sighs> Oh, you must you must be so tired. You must you must be ready. No, for... actually, no. I'm fine. It, it's just it surprises me too. You know, it's it all, all this positive stuff gives you energy, and um, you know, by the time um, I crash into my bed, um, it's usually pretty late, and then I wake up early again because my brain uh, apparently wakes up before my body does. So <laughs> <laughs> that's um, yeah. It, it's all it's all great, you know, because. Um, I've been working on this album for quite a long time. Um, as far as um, you know, all the delays and everything that we experienced um, kind of piled up on each other, you know. And then you work, and then 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 you can't work for a while, and then you work, and you can't work. So I'm just really happy that that's together now, and I'm very happy with the album and everything. And we recorded a video last week that I'm really uh, pleased with, and. This week, finally, the fucking album is coming out. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm really happy. <laughs> I listened to the album for the first time today, and I've got ah. a, I loved it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I've got to say, mm. I, yeah, that's that's like no bullshit. I really loved it. I was, try, I was trying to think. I was trying to think, like, oh, what's what's my favourite track? And I was really hard pushed, and I was I've, I was flipping between Angel in Black, but I'm I'm going to settle on Ready for the Taking. I think is my favourite track on the album. Oh, cool. Great. Well, we're going to do it live. So, um, yeah, it, it's one of my favorites, too. I, I've got a pretty hard time this far because I'm probably too close to the album still, you know, but um, I, I, I have a hard time. Definitely, um, yeah, those two songs and then then the fire and, and if you could then all the heat. I don't know. The, the kind of, for me, it still bounces around because I've, I've heard them a million times by now and um, <laughs> I still like them all, you know, so it's, yeah. I mean, it's like the fi- I mean, because the fire, I mean, that's like over seven minutes as well, isn't it? Yeah, it was time for an epic song, I think, you know, and and, and it ends up in a, in, a, in a jam session, which um, yeah, which I always liked when, uh, you know, when I was growing up and I listened to my favorite bands like Zeppelin and Cream and stuff, and um, um, there was like always a sense of adventure and a little bit of danger in the studio, you know. Uh, rock has become quite formalized over... Um, the last 20 years or something, or 30, probably, yeah, 30. Um, probably even more, you know, um, that I wanted to capture the dynamic and and, and, um, and that sense of danger and organic feel to it um, on this album. So there's a lot of spontaneous stuff, you know, like the ending of um, The Fire, where I asked uh, Sam and Mar to just go jam against each other, you know. Um, originally, I was kind of planning to um, 
to let it disappear in the faith, but it turned out so good that I thought, <laughs> geez, man, I'm just going to leave everything on. And you can even hear that we're not even playing the, the, the same chord at the very last chord. We, we didn't really know where we were going to end because we were assuming it was going to be, you know, a fade out. So, um, and the same goes for if you can handle the heat. Um, where I decided, you know, some might have jammed, I'm going to jam too. So <laughs> I went a little berserk myself. And on the song Reputation, we didn't really, you know, have a fixed L, uh, ending either. And at the very end, you can actually hear me break a string because I was pulling the, oh, wow. high, e string, the, the, the high E string up so far that at the very end, it, you hear it go, and then it's gone. Then it's gone. So, yeah, I like that um, organic feel that what we a, captured. What a great ending to the album, though, with If You Can't Handle the Heat, and you're there and you break a guitar string. I can't think of a more rock and roll way to finish an album <laughs> than that. Yeah, right. You know, that's, that's why I just left it on. I thought, fuck it, you know, it's there's, there's a wild drum feel that, that Mark, uh, Mark made, and then Sam and I play like a different chord I think or something and, and, and then I break the string so bam it's all on there <laughs> and just going back to the fire as well like I said it's over seven minutes long but it doesn't seem like seven minutes it's one of those songs that just just keeps flowing all the way through and before you know it it's finished and you think holy shit was has seven minutes gone by yeah yeah well that's, that's great that's that's one of the greatest compliments you can have because that's that's what you try to do you know you, you try to to you know, to 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 engage um, the listener and to take to take him or her on a little adventure and and and, and see where it ends, you know. And the, the, um, a lot shorter is, of course, the song um, "What Doesn't Kill You." But um, I have a little bit of the same kind of feeling there because I've, I've been listening to it a lot to the last couple of days because we shot a video of it, and uh, with the video director, we're bouncing back and forth ideas about the editing and about the, you know the coloration and stuff and so every time when i play it i, I think oh, i should i should i should get bored with it by now you know <laughs> but it still down so yeah it's the whole thing turned into a a great adventure actually how is your how is your songwriting process changed over the years or or has it changed is it still exactly the same well it's 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 very close to what it's always been the the only the main thing that I've learned from the from you know working in the 80s also is um, that um, I remember I, I felt a little confined in the 80s because everything became much you know you know formalized and there was a lot of pressure from record companies and management and stuff and so when I started up again with Moon Kings I thought you know whatever is going to happen uh, uh, I'm not gonna you know let myself get caught in that trap again and I write very intuitively you know I put I, I've got a guitar on my lap and, and I just you know, run into a riff and then I make a song out of it that, that feels good you know or, or I, I run into a chorus or something and or some other hook whatever and then um, I just want to kind of let it flow which which is which is probably the reason why there is quite a lot of variety you know so a song like um what Doesn't Kill You and, uh, and Walk Away are quite different than a song like The Fire and um, If You Can Handle the Heat and Reputation and those kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's something that I always enjoyed. Uh, for instance, you know, when I was a kid listening to to The Beatles or to Zeppelin or whatever, um, you know, on a Zeppelin record you could have 
when the levee breaks, for instance, like like a Brit, like a, a folkish British folkish type of song, and at the same time you would have Jamaica, like a reggae, and then you would have Hola Love or you know rock and roll or whatever, and those are different worlds on on one album. And then um, the same was with the Beatles, you know, you they would have a song like Revolution or and then a song like Michelle or Yesterday or whatever, you know. I like it when when the, when the horizon is really wide um, on albums, so you don't get kind of stuck, like in um, yeah in 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 the formula type of thing. I think rock and roll should be about freedom, you know, about freedom of creation and, and freedom of expressing yourself, and no, that's what I really learned um, from the past. That I that's the way I want to work, and that's the way I enjoy it most, and. I always thought, you know, when you, when you enjoy it yourself, the, ch- the chance is very big that other people are going to enjoy it too. So yeah, I mean, this, this, this is what I love hearing because you know I've I've been listening to your music for over thirty years now, and I wow. love and I love like talking to people like yourself and asking, you know, you know, I've been listening to you for thirty odd years. What you know, what have you been listening to? What influences you? What were you listening to as you were growing up? Well. I, I listen to a lot of music, different kinds of music. Um, when it touches me, you know, when when I feel that there's soul in it, um, so to speak, it could be gypsy music, it could be classical, it could be blues, it could be real rock, you know, not not like formula rock that, that especially in the United States in the 80s became very formulaized, you know, all kinds of session players were brought in and and you know the productions were polished and polished and polished until it shined so much that you couldn't see what was underneath anymore. You know, so yeah, I I, I just like to, and I've always done that. I like look for the soul in whatever you hear. And um, speaking for my own taste, I always oh, I started realizing that um, when when it's honest, when it's straight from the heart, and when it's not overproduced as far mm-hmm. as uh, enormous layers of guitars and guitars and the keyboards and keyboards and keyboards and backing vocals and all that stuff, you know, then then it kind of loses it for me because it becomes like this dense forest where you can't see the trees anymore, you know. You just, yeah. you just, you just see one clump of sound is what you hear. And so as you could, you know, as you can hear on this album, I like... I like the music to breathe. There's like like lots of spaces in between um, our playing, and then if you if you do it right, then the, the the spaces will hit you just as hard as a big power chord or a big smack on the snare or something, you know. So when you put on headphones, you're basically with the band in the studio, and that's always what I enjoyed when I you know was growing up listening to Zeppelin or the Free or um, Bad Company or um, you know those kind of organic bands where, where when you put on headphones because your parents didn't want to hear it coming out of your room, you were with the band band in the studio and 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 I really tried to capture that vibe on this album again. You've done it. You've definitely done it perfectly because that's one of the notes that I made while listening to it earlier today, and it was that, that that raw sound. And it was. I did feel like like exactly like you said that I was in the studio with you, and it's it's oh, great. It's not overproduced, and it's like you're watching a live band that is just playing every note perfectly, and and that's you know it's it's really refreshing in this day and age too. 
Great. I'm glad glad to hear that because that's exactly uh, what I tried to um, achieve with this album. And you recorded it as well. I love that. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Did you record it in the same studio that you recorded the album with Teaser back in 1978? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, wow. The, 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 and the first teaser album was the very first album ever recorded in the studio. And in the meantime, people like uh, Mick Jagger, Queen, um, Elton John, Van Halen, I mean, everybody and his grandma over the years at the police, <laughs> uh, Tina Turner, Jeff Beck, you know, everybody recorded in the studio over the years. And it got uh, uh, renovated a couple of years ago. Um, the, the first Moon Kings album is completely recorded over there. This one. We recorded quite a lot of the basic stuff in a remote studio, <clears throat> roughly in my area, and I liked it there too because because there was nobody there. Um, it was just like in the middle of nowhere, and 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 like uh, the Wishford Studios is in Hilversum, so there's always going to be, you know, liggers on and 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 the people who want to catch a glimpse of whatever is recording there, you know. Yeah. So I recorded. Um, I, I enjoyed that, that that studio where we where we worked a lot for this album too. But I did mix it in um, in, in the Whistler Studios again because they've got an amazing amazing mixing facility, and I wanted to to work with the same mixing engineer again, uh, like I did on the first album, because we you know he's really motivated uh, just as as I am, you know, by this whole thing. So he really. He really knows what I would like to hear, you know. So that, that's definitely done in, in Whistler on a big API analog desk. Oh, wow. that must have been such an amazing experience. And it's like, what if you could go back in time and meet Adrian Vandenberg back in 1978 recording that teaser album? What advice would you give him? Well, to be honest, I, I would, you know, tell him to just do what he does because I have no regrets about anything. I've done this far, you know, uh, on musical. Yeah, the only maybe uh, a little bit of a regret. I, I I would have wanted to make more albums. Um, there were periods where um, there was too long of a pause between albums, like this one, for instance. Um, Seventy percent of the material I wrote it already two years ago because I wanted this album to come out a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, since right after the last tour, I, did, I, I contracted Lyme's disease, apparently, and that took me back about a year and a half, uh, you know, so it delayed a lot of you know, the, the process. And then um, that delay caused other delays. So before you realize it, you know, it, it's like a year and a half later than I would have liked it to, um, to get released. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I would tell a young Adrian just to follow his heart, like I, like I've always done, and I still do, you know, because in the, in this day and age, you know, I mean, the music business has changed so much um, that you know, if you if you if you want to make a decent living, this is not a great business to be in. But at the same time, you know, that's not that's not what, you know, money is not what makes you happy. You know, I've never worked for the money. Um, because I, then I, I I would have been better off if um, after you know my studies at art university if I would have you know become a, an art teacher or it's like a regular living and I was making very good money with my stuff but man music is what I want to do and that makes me 
make me really, really happy and gives me a lot of satisfaction. And I can't wait to do the shows, you know, that, that for me too. Yeah, and you've had such a great career in music as well. I mean, going through, you know, the three Vandenberg albums, you know, your, your connection with Whitesnake, all the work that you did with David Coverdale as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it, it's, you know, it's just, it did, and just again, going back to when you were recording that teaser album, did you think then that almost 40 years later, you'd be here, you'd be recording a new album, you'd be touring the world? No, no, <laughs> no. And I would definitely not, not, have, not have thought that, um, you know, that, that, that all, the, all this, yeah, this 40 years later, that, that I would still be walking around with hair down to my ass, you know, <laughs> that's, the, that's the last thing I would have thought, but... At the same time, you know, I don't know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really feel like it, as, as, as strange as that may sound, because I do what I love to do most, and and then time disappears. You know, you, you just. I basically live like a vintage student. You know, my whole house um, is packed with guitars and paintings, and there's a bottle of wine on the table, and uh, it's a little <laughs> messy because, um, you know, I didn't have the time to. Uh, to kind of clean it up, uh, tidy it up <laughs> lately, and I don't care, you know, I'm just really happy the way my life goes, um, and I feel very fortunate that I can actually live this life, so it also gives me like a sense of responsibility to, to, to a lot of fellow musicians who, who don't, you know, um, there's so many talented people all, all over the place, also in Holland, and, you know, the very, very big, biggest part of those don't are never going to be you know they're never going to experience what I was so fortunate to mm. to experience and um, I'm very very aware of that you know so I enjoy every day and um, I've always enjoyed every day on, on the road with 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 White Snake you know I get up early in the morning and you know check check out the city and meet people and and then do a show in the evening you know and then travel I mean it's a great life. <laughs> when you look back on the last 40 years what are some of the memories that stand out what, what's the first memories that come to mind um, uh, well Bernie Hart for Vandenberg be uh, becoming a hit in America unexpectedly not just because of the fact that, that, that a, hit, a hit oh you know but, um, but uh, because a hit gives you the freedom and the opportunity to um, to tour and to do concerts you know that's the purpose for me um, if you do happen to um, have a successful radio track because then a lot of people are going to know about you and you can play everywhere, you know. So that, that, that's the thing I enjoy most. And um, another highlight was, of course, the very first show with White Snake in, um, uh, in in Texas, where we played for like uh, I think 120,000 people or something, and it was blistering hot. And we only rehearsed for a couple of days, but just being on stage with Coverdale and Tommy Aldrich, you know, man, it, it was a blast. And another highlight is definitely when we played um, a stadium in Holland in 1990, the Slip of the Tongue Tour. That was one of the, yeah, it was a huge highlight um, because my whole family was there. My mom and dad, my sister and brother, all my friends were there. And it was a beautiful summer night. And the stadium was about 40,000 people. And it was melting point, you know. It was mm -hmm. such a vibe. It was almost... Like it was like a, in, in in a living room. It was a, it was a huge stadium, so that was a highlight. And another highlight is definitely Moon Kings. You know the way, the way it fell together, uh, just without without auditions. You know, just and, and then you know it it being 
like some kind of a dream band for me, you know. I love these musicians um, as musicians and as guys, you know. They're so talented and it's so much fun to share a stage with these guys and to hang with them. And there's no ego bullshit and no prima donna stuff, you know. It's just, um, it's a blast, you know. I, 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 I wouldn't, I couldn't actually, you know, dream of of having more fun in a band than I have in this band. I think it shows through as well in the new album as well, you know, the friendship and the camaraderie ship that you've got between yourself. It definitely shows through. Yeah, and I, I can tell it shows, you know, in each and every video that you see on um, on YouTube, you see us, you know, having an incredible time on stage. And it, 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 it translates to the, to the audience because... I always look at smiling faces, you know, when we play with Moon Kings, it's just, there's like this electricity between the band and the, and the crowd that, that that's actually, you know, that, that's why you do it, basically. Mm -hmm. one, th one thing I've got to tell you as well, and it's um, from Tina, who is the co-host of this show, and also my other half, when she found out that I was going to record a show with you, she insisted that I tell you that in 1988, when she was in a mid-twenties, as was I, uh, she had a poster of you on her wall and the two things she loved about you were your long hair and your hip thrusting. So now, no. <laughs> now I've told well, okay. you. Okay, well, tell her thanks. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. <laughs> still got the hair, I'm a lucky bastard. <laughs> I'm sure you can still thrust your hips as well, Adrian, come on. Uh, yes, I'm afraid so, yeah. yeah I, I, I keep them in shape. You know, Elvis did it, I gotta do it too. Hey, why not? I don't even think about it, you know, it's kind of, it just happens, I don't know. I was kind of embarrassed, you know, I, I brought, when my parents saw it for the first time, uh, we were playing at Wembley Stadium with um, with Whitesnake, and I brought them over to, uh, to London, and... Um, I thought, oh man, I gotta, I got you know, I gotta try to behave a little bit <laughs> on stage, but I can't help it. It just happens. And um, I realized that during the show, I thought, well, fuck it, you know, I, 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 this is what happens while I play guitar, apparently. So I didn't, I never heard him about it. So it's probably, um, they probably had to live with it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you're coming over to the UK. Um, you yeah, come, I can't you wait. come to the Underworld in London on February the seventeenth next year. Now, now, I've got to ask as well because we're based in North Wales, and we always love the Tivoli venue, which is based here in North Wales. We would love you to do more dates in the UK. All our listeners here in the UK, and obviously the listeners worldwide, would love you to tour worldwide. What sort of plans have you got for for more tours in 2018? Oh, we definitely want to come back to, to the UK. You know, the, the, the main reason why we just have one show planned right now is that um, this is what we could fit into our schedule. And I didn't want to wait too long to, to do at least something in the, in the UK. We're, we're, we're trying to, to come back as soon as we can. And hopefully uh, we can do a bunch of festivals, you know, and, and, and do like, like a, a tour across the country. You know, there's so many great venues in, in Britain that I would love to play, you know, and uh, all over the place. And the other thing is, you know, Britain is where all my favorite bands have always come from, as a lot of people know, you know, whether it's Cream, Zeppelin, Hendrix, you know, although Hendrix was American, I mean, it happened for him in England, you know, and, you know, Free, Bad Company, you name them, you know, it's, 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 it's my whole foundation on everything I've ever done musically is, comes from Britain, you know, so for me, it, it's just like a, 
like like a um, like a boys book you know to be mm-hmm. able to play in in britain the times whenever i played in britain it felt really special to me and it sounds like a, like a second hand car salesman uh, <laughs> thing you know but it, but it's not i mean everybody who's followed my career knows about it and you can hear them in my music you know it's um it's it's all based on on my favorite bands from um, from when i was growing up well, obviously, we'd love to see it up here in North Wales. I've got my fingers crossed for that, too. Um, but be- before we wrap this up, Adrian, I know you've got the video for Tightrope that's online and on YouTube that everybody can watch. And you mentioned at the start of the show that um, you've recorded videos. Can you tell us the videos that you've recorded the songs for, or are you not allowed to, to yeah. say that? Yeah, we, um, a couple of days ago, we recorded, last week, we recorded a video for um, What Doesn't Kill You, Um because that's going to be serviced to radio in Holland and in the United States and probably in some other countries. You know, every uh, like most countries go with their own pick as far as um, like a, a track that I think is suitable for radio in, in that particular country. You know, I'm behind every track on the album, so I don't really care. You know, but we recorded. I'm very happy with the video we, we recorded for "What Doesn't Kill You" because that song stands out a little bit as far as. Um, the lyrics um, in that one uh, stand out a little bit from the rest because I couldn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to go bono, all bono, and, and <laughs> preach about whatever because I hate that stuff, you know. But um, what I did with the lyrics of "What Doesn't Kill You" is you scratch a little bit on the surface of, of, of uh, on the surface of, you know, all the stuff going on in the world right now, but at the same time give it a positive twist because. That's the way it is, you know. You always come out stronger when when you go through hard periods in your life. And um, so when when I had those lyrics ready um, and 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 most of the music, I realized, you know, that that, that song would be very suitable for to bring in an orchestra, like like on on the first album uh, we did with breathing and with um, mm-hmm. another song. Um, Oh, yeah, sailing ships, actually, also. Um, yeah, I wanted to to, to feel, um, you know, big and and have that, that power and, and that, that, that wide horizon um, in order to kind of amplify um, the content of the song, you know. Um, so, I, like I said, I scratched a little bit on the surface of what was going on in the world without any preaching or whatever just like more like an observation and yeah. and then in the in the chorus give it a twist like you know you come out stronger out of all the all the crap that you sometimes go through <laughs> yeah and the next time you run into this, that crap you're gonna you know deal with it in a more natural way than the first time when you run into it well i've got to say in all honesty adrian you've, you've put out 12 really strong songs so you know you know what what more can i say than that you know this thanks man thanks very much you made my evening <laughs> that's great now what i'll do as well obviously uh for everybody listening all the ways that you can find and follow adrian online will be on our website on the podcast notes i've got to say i'm not a big facebook user but i've got to say adrian your facebook posts are absolutely hilarious i love reading <laughs> what you put up <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, I enjoy it. Yeah, as you can tell, sometimes I like to write, uh, and I usually like to, you know, to put some goofy stuff there because the world is serious enough, you know. And Facebook, uh, it's like like a something I needed to do because there were a couple of people 
on Facebook under my name, and and I thought, man, if you can beat him, join him. So I decided to, you know, to to do it. And and usually I enjoy it, you know, I enjoy writing a couple of funny things. And if I run into like a stupid little picture, then I, I start, you know, getting associations with it, and and then just take it from there. And it usually ends up being a rather silly little story <laughs> it is you're, you're definitely well worth following I, I would encourage everybody listening if you're on Facebook <laughs> thanks man go and follow Adrian I've got one final question for you before you go and um, it's it's quite apt really with your new album being out in just a few days from now I know you like a glass of wine as, as do yeah. myself so you know obviously you've got to celebrate the new album coming out what what would be your favourite glass of wine to uh, to have a drink to to celebrate the new album launch well Actually, right now I'm drinking a, um, a French uh, Rhone wine from the Rhone area. I like those. Um, I do like Bordeaux very much. Um, I do like a lot of Italian wines. You know, I started to, you know, to enjoy wine actually because I'm not really a beer drinker. And mm-hmm. about you know, 15, 20 years ago, I started to read a little bit about, uh, about wines. It became a little bit of a hobby. I don't drink a lot, but when I do drink. Then I want to drink, a, uh, you know, a really good one. Uh, it's like with music, you know. You don't want to listen to crap music. You want to listen to good stuff. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I, like I said at the start of the show, Adrian, I've been, a, you know, I've been a fan for over thirty years now, and long may you continue because you're putting out some great music. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thanks very much, man. Thanks very much. All right. So, I hope to uh, run, run into each other when we hit Wales. Yeah, please. Yeah, don't ignore Wales. Come to North Wales when when you're sorting out the UK tour. Please come to North Wales. Oh yeah, man, I'd love to. I mean, isn't uh, Tom Jones is from Wales, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. There you go. Oh well. If it's good, it's good enough for Tom. It's good enough for me, man. Well, that's it. We expect it. Tina will be there, expecting to see you flicking your hair and thrusting your hips. Now that's I will. It. Yeah, <laughs> especially especially for Tina. I will. I will thrust away. <laughs> that's brilliant, Great, man. Thanks All for calling. Right. You've been awesome. Thanks, Adrian. Take care, man. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that damn alarm bell, of course, means it's the end of another show. Um, what a great guest Adrian was. And as I said in the show as well, you should really follow him on Facebook uh, and all of his social media outlets, but Facebook especially, because you're guaranteed of having a laugh every day with the stuff that he puts up online. Uh, if you do want to follow him, which, like I said, you should do, make sure to go to our website and the podcast notes for this show where all the links that you'll need to follow him will be on there. Our website is, of course, 60minuteswith.co.uk. There is a contact us form on there where you can send us an email or you can email us direct at contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash 60minuteswith. And, of course, we're also on Twitter and Instagram, both of those at 60minuteswith and all of them with the numerical 60, not the alphabetical one. Now, to end the show, I'm going to play a song from the upcoming Moon Kings album. It's the first song that was released from it. So get ready to listen to Tightrope. Here's a track called Tightrope. Come and prove my 
Make sure you keep yourself alive 